Overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He's five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in number one in eight. Welcome in to another episode of Let's Reach Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. And what is Let's Reach Cougs after dark? And we're coming off the heels of. An incredible overtime thriller in which the number four ranked Houston Cougars basketball team went into the Moody Center out west in Austin, Texas, and they came away with the 76-72 victory over the Texas Longhorns. Jamal Shedd led the way in his homecoming to the Austin area with 25 points. He had eight rebounds, had four assists, ended up falling out of the game. But what a great homecoming it was for him. What a great night it was for the Cougars joining me here today on Dunlap. First of all, how are you doing, sir? What you think about man, that win? What you think man, about I'm doing that win? Well. I'm doing well, man. Jay, Jay said, Jamal said, like you said, homecoming. He looked spectacular. He looked like the Big 12 player of the year. I mean, we got to start that campaign now. And just early, especially in that first half, picking and choosing his spots, getting inside two of his spots and finishing, then hitting his mid-range. And only thing I didn't like was when he settles and lets the defense off the hook with his just pull-up jump shots. I love his catch-and-shoot yeah. threes. But when he, I feel like he lets the defense off the hook when he does that, particularly, especially down the stretch, and we'll get to that shot. But Jamal Shea was spectacular, man. He, he looked like a man on the mission tonight. And um, I just – he looked like he's taking that next step and going to make himself into the best guard in the country. That next step, that's definitely the case. Uh, watching the game, and, and we mentioned it obviously in previous shows, but it, it's so clear the night and day difference from just how well of an overall player he is this season compared to last season. He was a really good player last season. He's an even better player this year with the Houston Cougars, and he's is has the ability to be able to take over the game when needed. And he did that down the stretch when Houston was down six. It looked like he was teetering. It looked like maybe Texas was trying to run away and hide, and Jamal Shedd hit those big threes. Emmanuel Sharp followed it up. We put Houston up by three, and then it led to the slobber knocker that was the ending of this game. Dan, you absolutely mentioned settling that last shot at the end of regulation. Uh, it looked like Houston got the switch that they wanted. It was Jamal Shedd against Mac As- Max Asmus, and he settled for jumper, ended up being short, airball, and we went to overtime. That's one where if you could take back, maybe it's something where it seemed like Calvin Sampson wanted him to drive, but what you see on that last play um, at the end of regulation in which Jamal Shedd settled for a three-point shot. Yeah, it was like an intentional play to get that switch and look for him to attack that matchup. And, and like I said, not just that particular shot, but even early on in that entire game, he made one pull-up three. And it was a, a really nice three, but all his other ones were his catch-and-shoot threes. And like I said just a second ago, I feel like he let the defense off the hook. I feel like he let Max off the hook because he can drive him. He's shown either left or right. Giving getting past Asmus, and he's shown that he's stronger and more athletic and can jump over him and finish over him and, and kind of create contact. So I think that's another play he wish he can have back. But overall, his overall game, like you said, last year was kind of when needed. This year is by necessity. It's needed. I mean, Emmanuel and LJ are really good shooters and, and streaky shooters, but still really good shooters. And, and you have to honor that three-point shot so that it spreads the floor for him. And now I, I think – a couple games ago, he realized this is the prime opportunity and prime season for him to show his full offensive um, repertoire and be able to show that not only can he lead a team and orchestrate a team from a natural point guard position, pass first and create, but he can also score. And, and I think he's really showing doing it at a good clip. But I love how it's a once he gets inside the paint. I love how he's picking, choose his angles with his floater, shooting it off the glass, and even getting to his left hand finishing versus just settling. And, and, and he's a really good mid-range shooter. And when his mid-range jumper is going, and then that just opens up his full game. But I think overall with this team, you can see when the game slows down, Coach Sampson is going to have the ball in his hands because LJ down the stretch, he gave the ball a lot in LJ's hands. He was able to make some plays off pick and roll. And so I, I like that sign as well. But Jamal's 
pretty much the one player who can who can get his uh, ISO one on one and collapse the defense or Damian because you I noticed when there's a point in time he he put four guards in because Damian is another player that only can stretch the defense but he can get his own shot as well. I'm looking at the comments both on X and on Twitter a lot. The fan base, the UH um, supporters, are very excited about this win as they should be. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, a little bit kind of a big comeuppance from the earlier meeting between these two programs um, and what happened on the gridiron in the football field. Uh, yes, you brought up that comment. I don't know, uh, Corey Miller's comment. We can't under we can't emphasize it enough. Jojo Tugler made some big plays big throughout plays, the course, man. especially in that second half, where it, where it was tips, big offensive rebounds, dunking that pit big putback uh, dunk that he had in overtime. He, one of those games today where he didn't look at fr- like a freshman, especially in that second half. He didn't. Chris, what you see from JoJo? Go ahead. I mean, welcome into the show. Uh, JoJo was spectacular. No no question, but I want to say something. Go ahead. Xavier Francis hit two free throws to tie the game up with two minutes left. How many of us thought he was going to make those free throws? I did. I ain't going to lie. I'm hoping. I have positivity. I'm thinking, come on. Was he made that first one? When he made him, I was like, Who's gonna win? <laughs> so when they made both, I was like, "Who's gonna yeah. win this game?" So no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. JoJo was 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 excellent. He came through. Culture plays, the hustle plays, the tip outs, the putback dunk. It's just a lot of positive things. There were some, you know, we can pick nitpick later on. That's what the coaches will do after the game. But the Longhorns played well. The Cougs, Jamal shared. There were times Jamal shared. He's just in a mindset. Let, let me say this. I forget who it was, who was a viewer to LRC. He asked us. It was a home game. I remember that. I remember sitting inside Peter Center. He asked us if we thought Jamal would be Big 12 player of the year. And yeah. we all said Hunter Dickinson. Well, I'm putting Jamal shit in that in that running right now because young fella yeah. is carrying this team. And he's just willing them to victories and salute to him and the job he's doing. And Coach Sampson is trusting him to take shots, a lot of shots if necessary, to carry the team, keep the team afloat, whatever it takes to win the ball game. So salute to him. I was wrong on that. You heard Fran Pachilla talk about Jamal Shedd possibly as an All-American, Big 12 Player of the Year, on and on. Outstanding. Great win for the Cougs. Yeah, and I mentioned that to start the show, um, uh, Chris, that Jamal Shed looked like the Big 12 player of the year. We got to start that campaign. I mean, he he definitely looked like it. And um, I'm, I'm not going to say I was wrong because <laughs> we was projection. And Hunter Jacked it, projecting Hunter Dickinson in that running was a good projection on our part. But and to JoJo, numbers, but right for sure. <laughs> the stars, man, no, I, Jamal is leading the way, in my opinion. He should be. But JoJo, man, his four points were spectacular. Not only when they went to him on the post, he actually made a post move and made a left-hand jump hook. Mm-hmm. That's huge, son. That's the first time this season that I can remember when he's caught it in the post, made a post move, and scored. And so that, that to me, speaks volumes of where he's coming along, he's developing, and how he's recognizing the game and slowing down. And then the putback dunk, like Chris said, that's just using his length and athleticism. I think it was one more play where he got a block. It just seems like, his length really, really um, teams don't really know or can't really gauge from film because it seems like shots don't even seem like he can get to. He gets to it and blocks it or saves it. Um, The one save that he got, man, JoJo is going to be a nice player, man. I I really like uh, what he's he's showing for sure. He had a great, great game for sure. Yep. And I I think he blocked Dylan DeSue's shot on the post and it was like JoJo's arm just kept going and Dylan's like, Wait, he's still here? <laughs> and there was a stuff. So, I mean, you made a great point. Opponents don't realize how long his length, yeah, yeah. arms are. His, his length, his wingspan is something else, man. Uh, Chris, I want to bring up this comment by Demeric. Would this game count as a quad one victory? It does, correct? On the road, Texas oh, yeah. 42 in the net. I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm looking it up because I posted it on, on uh, my Facebook earlier today and on threads. But, yeah, for sure. No doubt. The Longhorns were 41. You are correct, Andy, sir. Yep. 
So first and foremost, before we continue to talk, I'd like to welcome in each and every single one of you guys that is taking the time out of your day on this Monday night. It's Let's Rage Cougs After Dark, uh, reacting to Houston's overtime thrilling victory. They are now, uh, what's your record, Chris, when it comes to conference play? They are 6-2 six six when it comes two, to yes. conference play in the Big 12, which is, it was second coming into the matchup in the Big 12 conference. They were tied with Iowa State, so... I mean, Houston started now. Now they're putting up these wins on the road, which, again, each road game this season. BYU, Iowa State, TCU, Texas, how come down to the wire? They're all nail biters. And I saw this comment on Twitter. I believe it was the SSN uh, Cougs account where, regardless of the outcome, this is night and day difference uh, improvement from the – most of the conference games in the American Athletic Conference last season. They weren't road games, most definitely. We're not coming down to the wire at the clip, at the rate that they have been this season so far in the Big 12. But I do like to mention, this is Left Ridge Cruise presented by the Saxonian family. If this is the first time you have ever joined uh, and watched a Left Ridge Cougs, we are the original Houston post-game show for each and every single men's basketball and football show. And, of course... We are the only Let's Rage Cougs post-game show that has been retweeted by Kelvin Sampson. I'm going to create a little banner and click that every Do time. That, yes. Um, but, exactly. of course, we also like to say thank you to Steve Saxinian for um, being a primary sponsor, not only for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, but each and every single men's basketball post-game show for the remainder of the regular season and heading into the postseason uh, with – Final week of January, we're about to enter February, March right around the corner. And, of course, we also like to say thank you to our today's secondary sponsor, which is Star Pizza in multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of the locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. And on the topic of Star Pizza, be on the socials for a big announcement that's coming soon that is relevant to Saturday, which obviously is a big game, um, the colossal game when it comes to two Big 12 heavyweights that are going to meet in Lawrence, Kansas this Saturday, but we'll talk about that later. This game, it really tested Houston's mental toughness, mental fortitude, and they passed with flying colors. Um, I mentioned when they were down six... Shout out to the ref. Shout out to the refs for letting them play down the stretch. I really like the way the refs called the game. They let them play through um physicality, through contact. It really looked like a March NBA type game, the way that they um refed it down the stretch. It, yeah, and, and, most and importantly, uh, agreed. they were consistent too on both sides. They were consistent, both yes. Sides. And yeah. I want to give to this comment where's a there's a question from Scott. Is our idea Simon hurting Cryer and Dunn's O performance? No. Yeah. LD, LD got great looks. He just missed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no. yeah. And Damian Dunn prior to tonight was yeah. rolling last few games. Yeah. So, last you know, three or four games. He's been hot. Yeah. So don't have don't let the recency bias, you know, confuse you. No. Shots sometimes don't fall. Okay. Yeah. LD got great looks. He missed them. That's all it is. I, I would like him to do when he he did to Max Asmus and Max did it to him. Once you get your defender on your hip, on your back, you got them at, the, at their mercy. Oh, they got to the free throw line, made two free throws. He needs to do more of that instead of, you know, off balance kind of things. And then Max did it right to him <laughs> seconds later. This is just a great win. Great environment. It's always good. Y'all know it. Especially the older alums. I know how I feel about Texas. It's always good to beat Texas in anything. So this is a great win. Win in Austin. Q1 win because it was a road win. That's a great culture win. It's a cliche, but it's true. So especially, especially that run when coming out, I think Texas went on like a 12-2 run to start the half, and they got all momentum. Coach Sam kind of tied them out, and Houston went on. I think it was a quick 9-0 run to get the lead back and to get the momentum back. I think that was probably one of the most pivotal moments. Jamal Shea, I believe, hit two threes in that in yep. that um, stretch. Two threes, yep. Yep, and that was a big key. For it. Not only did it kind of take the crowd out of it, because um, they were really kind of about to take over the game with and help Texas continue that momentum, and then it just kind of settled things down, and Houston kind of controlled everything from there. That was a big moment. 
and you know, back at it, Scott, I understand what, what you're asking about tire legs. I'll do it. Uh, it's part of defense. You know, we don't say this when LJ's missing shots. He's just missing shots right now. That's all it is. And keep in mind, this, he's been doing this in Big 12 before. Okay? He makes shots. He misses shots. Tonight was not his night. But he still made enough plays down the stretch to help the team win. That's, yeah. that's what this is all about. This is this is team win. Everybody contributed in their own way down the stretch. Yeah, and, and it, I mean, he can, and I'm not saying that he's saying that, but if that would be true, it'd be the same case for Jamal. They both got the same workout, the same reg, the same everything. And so, like Chris saying, it's just shots. The name of the game It's a make or miss game, and he did. He's just not making shots that he normally makes. But tonight, Coach Sam did a good job of giving him the ball and putting him in pick and roll. And like Chris said, at one time he was able to create contact and get to the free throw line. Need to do more of that because that's ways of scoring. And that's what I give Emmanuel his props throughout the season because not only is he a streaky shooter and a good three-point shooter, he's been really good and still impacting the game offensively when his shot isn't making. He's doing a, a really good job of being not only rebounds, but getting to the free throw line, creating contact and get through the free throw line. That's part of being a scorer. And Emmanuel has really done that, especially last game. Franchella talked about um, his dad and his career overseas being coached by his dad. That really, when I watch him on the court, that's why I was just realizing Emmanuel plays the game really smart, especially offensively. You rarely see him four shots whenever he's off the dribble. He, he really plays at his own pace when he's off the dribble. And so um, LJ just needs to make shots. Uh, Emmanuel, too, he hasn't been making his jumpers either. He, he's been streaky, but he's still been impacting the game offensively, like I just said. Now, Scott, I would say, and I think Andy and Dan would, would agree, we like to see LJ get to the free throw line more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that part of it, yes. And, and that has nothing to do with tire legs. Just get to the line more, you know, pump fake. Once I, Again, once he gets his defender on his hip, he has him at his mercy. Get that foul contact, go to the line, make those two free throws. He can do that part. I want to bring up this comment by Mocha77 on YouTube. He says, do you think that the team will be gassed for Saturday with this game going on overtime? Uh, I don't think so. Turn around. Um, when oh, it comes to yes, they were short short turnaround from Saturday yeah. to Monday. Now they have basically the rest of the week to get their legs ready and prepare for Kansas. I think that's much more of a break now that they they don't play from Monday and they go all the way till Saturday. Yeah, I mean they'll be off, you know, no practice kind of thing, but they may come in to do some shooting and things like that. So Tuesday, maybe some light work on Wednesday. But yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, for Sat the game is Saturday, not Wednesday. <laughs> you know, so yeah. yeah. Let's All see. these comments. This is great, man. I, oh, I'm enjoying this. Absolutely. This is, this is yeah. yeah. I'm reading out. Corey Miller says the only complaint he has about the rest tonight was how in the world was that a shooting foul against Asmus when Shed fouled out. That's a great point. I, I, yeah. I that, that, that. It, it was a foul, but it wasn't a shooting foul. Yeah, it was a foul. Fouled, yeah. He fouled him before he went into motion of shooting. So they definitely missed it on that aspect. But it was a good call. But like he, it wasn't a shooting foul. He wasn't shooting three because they fouled him clearly. But they couldn't when they review it. I'm sure they saw it. They just couldn't reverse the call because they had already called a shooting foul. But yeah, this is Kendrick yeah. Aldridge. Uh, sorry, Chris, I mean to cut you off, but no, yeah, no, no, getting yeah. closer than expected. Um, did you predict overtime to road game in the Big Twelve? I think, and yeah. like we mentioned, all, all four, all four. Didn't predict overtime, <laughs> but the last line I saw. One was Cougs minus four and a half. But honestly, after that first half, I was expecting Houston to win by at least six or eight points, close to 10 points. I mean, the way they looked, the way they dominated, the way I expected Texas to go on a run, but I didn't foresee Texas going on the run that they did, taking the lead, going into overtime. Just the way that Houston was playing in that first half, I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see that. I, I thought Houston, no. yeah, I thought it would they were going to win. Um kind of control the game throughout the entire second half, but they didn't do it. Yeah, they missed some shots. I mean, the horns, for part of the second it. half, they were like – Got to give them credit. 12 for 15 from the floor. I mean, yeah. and, and all 12 baskets were, were on assists. So that, they had it rolling 
Yeah, they in the second well. half, they were shooting sixty-five percent from the field at at, yeah. at one point. Uh, yeah, they had on it. Longhorns are up six, 54-48. Then Jamal hit a catch and shoot three. Then another catch and shoot three. Then Emmanuel hit a three, and just like that, nine will run in like ninety seconds. Cougs up three. I mean, you know, they were in a funk offensively. Jamal said, "Hit those two plus threes. He's just in a mindset right now, guys. We're not gonna lose. You know." Hop on my back. I'm gonna make some shots. I'm gonna do what it takes, and we're gonna win this game some way, somehow. And and that's what they did. Chris, have you noticed um, how with this year's team? Well, I guess in your opinion, do you feel he he's the best option to be the number one option in regards to scoring? Uh, I think Coach trusts him more because this is LJ's first year. You know, LJ probably still is a better shooter. He's just in a slump. You know. But in terms of catch and shoot threes and things like that, yeah. Because I mean, look at what how many shots did he take? 25? Something, something like that. 24. 24. That's a lot for your point guard. But Coach Sampson wants him to be aggressive. So he trusts him to take good shots. He's probably not happy with that three that he took at the end of regulation because it was a pull-up and he probably wanted him to beat his man off the dribble. But you no know, things like that, hey. Cook still won the game. I think it was interesting. It was an overtime when um, they kind of went to LJ Cryer more as to not only mm-hmm. bring the ball off the court, but kind of mm-hmm. run the offense. And I was just curious, maybe if it was just a stretch. Actually, Texas put their best defender on Jamal Shedd and give credit um, to that young man because he made Jamal Shedd have to work. Even on that last play with Jamal Shedd had to run all the way into the backcourt to get the ball. The ball, he exerted so much energy just to, to get the ball in his hands. Uh, but I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts. I don't know if it's just something in, in this case down stretch, um, trying to get Jamal Shedd away from the ball, maybe create something off, well, away from Jamal Shedd late down the stretch. But I did notice that in overtime where it was LJ Cryer to try to create, and on overtime, both teams kind of struggled to be able to create some offense, and Houston was able to just score more points, get more free throws late down the stretch. But what did you guys think about that brief stint when LJ Cryer was kind of asked to, to run the show? I think it. I think it was a smart coaching decision. The way that they were guarding um, Jamal, face guarding Jamal. Um, and, and like you said, that, that he was having to exert so much energy just to get it. I think it was smart because LG, you needed LJ to get going, and he wasn't making a shot. But let's put the ball in his hands, put him in pick and roll action, and also look at the defender that he had. He had Max Asimus on him. That's the player we want to defend. You mm-hmm. trust him in those moments. He's such a great free throw shooter as well. Now you tell him, be aggressive. Don't worry about your shot. And I could put the ball in your hands and not to worry about you just catching and shooting because maybe you're not having it shooting-wise. But I think it was great because, like I said um, a second ago, now he, he he can play more comfortable with the ball, create contact, and get to the free throw line. Like Chris is saying, and like I said a second ago, that's something that he needs to do more of. And I think it was good because of um, that he can do it. He's comfortable. You never he never seems rattled. Um, right. I think that's one thing to mention as well. His composure. He's well composed. When they were denying him, he would go get the and go get it. Looked like he wanted it. And so I think that's just smart on Cole Sampson getting him the ball. Letting Jamal take a couple possessions off, um, in regards to not having to exert, he's like he shot twenty four shots. I mean, somebody yeah. got to step up, somebody get the ball and make a play. And yep. so I think I think that's probably pretty much what it was, and I, and I liked it. Rusty Reed also brings up Emmanuel Sharp brought up the ball a couple times yep. um, down the stretch as well, and yeah, absolutely played play yep. terrific defense. Entire Houston Cougars defense, um, entire Houston Cougars team played great defense down the stretch, but. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit of a, a three-headed monster, uh, especially late down the stretch uh, to try to get some other ball handlers to bring the ball up the court. Um, how big was, was Jaywan tonight? I mean, we haven't really touched about Jaywan, but he was big tonight. He's probably the player the most is going to really, really take advantage of this rest between yeah. um, today and Saturday. But he exactly. was big tonight. Big rebounds, some some big key moments, finishing around the round. He made uh, got a good and one that was much needed. How about Jaywan tonight? Uh, agreed. Yeah. I mean, his his usual left hand jump hook bounced out a few times, but he mm-hmm. still came through down the stretch. Different times of the game, the guys came. Different guys came through. 
Mm-hmm. I want to come in on who was it, La Flame? Was that what I saw? With Damian uh, Dunn, about Damian Dunn? Yeah. All right. He just had two good games before this. Three. He had three in a row. <laughs> you know, so and and That's folks, John, right here. Tucker does not JoJo was struggling most of Big 12 play until tonight, really. See, see, some of these comments, Chris, we, we could tell that I, I, they, they're not, they, they're not as tapped in. Yeah. yeah. You know, JoJo's a better weapon off the bench this year. And, I mean, who, who are you going to start him over? You're not going to start him over Javier Francis or Juwan yeah, Robert. No, yeah, neither one of them. And JoJo still gets in foul trouble. Last few games, he's got in foul trouble. You know, tonight it was, Jay got in foul trouble. It's just, Different times, different games. He's played like a freshman. Tonight, he stepped up with some key plays. Don't rush the process. As Coach Sampson has said in press conferences, Javier Francis is a starting five on a top five team in the country for a reason. Okay? For a reason. JoJo's time will come. Hell of time might come next year, (laughs) but not this year. JoJo was big, man. He had four offensive rebounds, one defensive he, rebound, four offensive rebounds. That's big. He had one one hustle play. I can't remember if it was in overtime. I think it, it was still in regulation where the was ball was going out of bounds. And he yeah, that's in regulation. Saved yeah. it, saved it, and started by Houston next possession. Um, that, yeah, those hustle plays, something where he came through. And uh, down to go back to your point about Jawan Robertson, too. Uh, Houston did a good job being able to have tips in this game, the bigs did in particular, yep. where maybe mm-hmm. the they were getting boxed out, but it's still disrupted playing. Basically, we're able to buy Houston an extra offensive possession just by tipping the ball. When you look at these numbers top to bottom, Jamal Shedd, eight rebounds. Javier Francis, eight rebounds. Jawan Roberts, eight rebounds. Emmanuel Sharp, eight rebounds. Jojo Tugler, five rebounds. A team, Chris, like you mentioned earlier in the show, definitely a culture win. Look, look at the rebound numbers. You can't see it more in the stat sheet. Um, everybody that played, everybody played rebound. tonight got a rebound. <laughs> I mean, we put this game as the the definition, the epitome of Houston Cougars basketball that Calvin Sampson imagined. And Malik Wilson had a double dribble, and that was it for Coach Sampson. <laughs> he took Malik off the ball seconds after that. I was like, I was like, well, Malik, you had your chance, man. <laughs> and it, we think Malik should get more time. Coach just he just does not trust. He trusts Jamal way more than he trusts Malik. I'll just put it like that. Rightfully so. Jamal's been in the program for so long, and Jamal's looking like the Big 12 player of the year, man. He keep playing like this. He will be an All-American. And we had conversations um, a few episodes about his status in regards to NBA. And like I said, I think he's getting ready to go on a run that can't propel him to being an NBA draft pick. And and who who was the player you said he could be like in the tournament? I think he can have a, a Kimball Walker-like run. You hear that, Andy? Kimball Walker. We shall see. Exciting times. Yep. Um, obviously, the biggest exciting thing is what's coming up in the weekend. But real quickly, before we get into that weekend matchup, of course, we'd like to thank each and every single one of you guys we couldn't ask for a better YouTube comment section. Comments still keep coming. We'll get to that comment from Burt Reynolds on the other side. But we have a good amount of viewers here from where you're coming from the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel, where you're coming from our Pod Simon Jamma YouTube channel, the Pod Simon Jamma X account. Thank you. Um, can I never say thank you enough for taking the time out of your Monday night at 11 o'clock here in the Central Time Zone. So thank you for joining us to discuss following Houston 76 to 72 overtime win over the Texas Longhorns. And of course, we'd like to say thank you to the Steve Saxonian and the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs. Not only this episode, but for each and every single one uh, throughout the entire men's basketball regular season. Let's Rage Cougs, the original Houston Cougars men's basketball and football postgame show. Of course, we'd also like to say thank you to our today's secondary sponsor, Instar Pizza, with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery, 
since 1976. After eating pizza on Saturday, <laughs> I might need to stop by one of these Saturdays at, or one of these Tuesdays in the summer to try out, see what kind of other pizzas they have there. It's all you can eat pizza buffet. Might take them up on that offer because you know Supreme and pepperoni pizzas are good, and I still can't get over the crust. And it, it fills you up. I was, I was. Yeah, sometimes I mean, these slices were huge, couple, man. Yeah, yeah. A couple, a couple hours later, you're hungry again. No, it keeps you full. So yeah. great, great reviews, Chris. The, the comment you brought up, Burt Reynolds. He says Houston needs a backup point guard, so Malik Wilson needs more game time. But. I, I mean, Malik needs more minutes. Malik, in my opinion, for what it's worth, you know, Coach doesn't care about what, my opinion. You know, if Malik makes a mistake, let him play through it. Okay, just give him five minutes here, a couple minutes in second half, just that. But, I mean, I, as soon as Malik got the double dribble, I knew he was done. <laughs> I knew the ball was not going to be in his hands anymore. And that's what happened. You know, yeah, I hey, think hey. – I agree with you. I think that was more on the the time and and the circumstances of the game in regards to him coming out immediately. But I agree. Like we said it um, before, he needs more minutes. And I think it just comes with the game, depending on the game. I think because we saw was that last game or the game before he played extended minutes. So just depending on the matchup. And I think Coach Sampson likes him more with Jamal so he can still have the ball in Jamal's hands and at times still allow Malik to push the ball and have Jamal off the ball and not have to exert so much energy running the offense. But I think just going down the stretch, kind of preparing for March. I mean, in some of these games, if you, especially at home, if you can, you can get a, a big lead. I mean, you got to get some way to get Jamal some rest and get the uh, Malik more minutes. Now question for you, know, you guys. Um, I'm going to go into, um, Apollo's or Apollo Luxius comments that Samson's a tough-minded enforcer player accountability and Burt Reynolds uh, kind of going along those comments he says he agrees he talking about Malik Wilson was done after that he should have passed it but got nervous and held the ball what do you guys think about or the, the balance when it comes to yes holding players accountable but sometimes let them play through mistakes and in the past Calvin Samson has said it's it's a two-way street oh the coach you got to be able to earn the trust that the, the coach right. has in you. And it appears that at this point, Malik Wilson isn't at that point when it comes with, with Coach Sampson. The trust he – Coach Sampson doesn't have that trust in him to be able to play through extended mistakes, especially in a close game like this on the road and in a Big 12 matchup. I, I think he, he does not ha- trust Malik with the ball in his hands. So we might see Malik on the floor with – and have Damian Dunn bring it up sometimes, or Emmanuel Sharp, or LJ, to give Jamal a couple of minutes of rest and have Malik off the ball, because Malik can defend and rebound and score in traffic. So we might see a different rotation in terms of that tertiary ball handler. If it's not Jamal and it's not LJ, maybe it'll be more of Emmanuel Sharp with Malik on the floor together. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's earned. Um, Coach Sampson mentioned how he was being more consistent at practice and he earned more minutes in the game that we referenced where he played more extended minutes. I think it just it's about circumstances and about matchups. I think um he he well I think it's just about circumstances and matchups. I mean he 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 definitely needs more minutes. But Coach Samp, uh, I don't know he's been a, doing a great job in my opinion managing his minutes. He knows his players and their capabilities more than I do and so he must have a turnover problem in practice. And see and, and 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 there you go. I think someone commented on it as well. All of us feel this way, and I'm not going to say him, but we trust Coach Sampson to do the right thing. He knows what he sees in practice, all those things. We trust him to do the right thing, as opposed to someone who's no longer in charge on campus. We had no trust in him to make the right decision when it came to uh, winning time and making the right plays. John know who I'm referring to. Okay, it's a different sport, but that man, y'all know who it is. We trust Kelvin Sampson to do the right thing and put his players in position to win games. Let's go with that. Um, looking at some uh, comments from those that went to Austin, uh, a comment courtesy of gokooks.com. Jamal said, 
talked about going back to the Austin area, the quote, Houston's home for me. So he's 100% embraced the Houston culture, the Houston atmosphere. That was a comment that was mentioned in our show, but Marcus Sasser, obviously the uh, great Marcus Sasser when it comes to the recent players in the Houston Cougars program, tweeted out about it. He said, yes, sir, good dub, and shouted out Jamal Shedd as well. And just all around, a lot of excitement around this game, because like you said, anytime that Houston can beat that school from Austin in any sport, it's a great night or a great day. But looking at some other comments, it keeps getting brought up, so might as well get into it. Saturday, it's going to be the matchup of, uh, well, they're going to play twice, so maybe not hype it up too much, but... Everyone's excited. It's going to be at Allen Fieldhouse. A lot of excitement in the air to see how Houston matches up with Kansas. Ever since it was announced that Houston was going to be joining the Big 12 Conference, that was the matchup in men's basketball that got circled. What's it going to be like when Houston and Kansas meet? These are going to be two programs that are going to be playing a lot for the foreseeable future in the years. Think about next year when these two teams are going to be playing non-conference. So uh, this could potentially be the start of a rivalry. What are you guys are expecting? Dan, you will be at Allen Fieldhouse. What are you looking forward to the most uh, between that matchup in Houston and Kansas? Just the way Houston battles adversity in the in the game. You know it's going to be uh, basketball is a game of runs. I think I, I want to see Houston get out to a fast start, but just the guard matchup, Jamal Shedd is – going to be clearly the best guard on the floor. Um, Harris is a good guard, but he's no Jamal Shedd. I mean, he's Agreed. really good in regards to the system and how he is for Kansas, but I've watched enough games of him this season. I, I've seen him. I watched their uh, their play at least four or five games this year. Their guards uh, cannot hang with Houston guards, and I think if Emmanuel or LJ is knocking down their shots, it's going to be a long day. And then in regards to Hunter Dickerson, I think – how, how Houston plays the post, how they defend him, how he's a really good, effective passer. And Cole Self is going to do a good job knowing a double team is coming and having his team ready to prepare to handle that double team. And so it's going to be two Hall of Fame coaches. I know they're going to be ready, and I'm going to be watching the different adjustments that's made throughout the game. I'm ready for the atmosphere, but I think Jamal Shared is clearly going to be the best player on the floor. I expect another big game from him. And Candace, one of their issues right now is – they don't have a, a bench. They don't have they don't have depth. And it's really up to the Cougs to kind of get to Kansas lack of depth. If they're able to do that, if you see Damian Dunn, get double figures. And it's an advantage. If the Cougs bench gets a total of 20 points, I doubt, I really doubt, unless they bring Furphy off the bench, that KU can keep up with that. Hunter Dickens is going to get his. It's a question of and, – and KU's defense has kind of taken a step back in conference play. So we'll see if, if that continues. They play Oklahoma State Tuesday night. That should not be much of a challenge for KU. But KU's defense is struggling. And guard play, perimeter defense, that's a Coug strength, and it's not really a KU strength. So we'll, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Dayon's going to be there. I think a few other folks are going to be there. First time as a Big 12 matchup in, 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 in Allen Fieldhouse. Life in the Big 12, man. This is just great. I'm so glad to be part of this stuff, man. This, this is awesome. Ken, this is the first time. This, yeah, this is the first time in a long time that I can remember that Kansas doesn't have a, a lead guard that you know is an NBA player. Right now, their lead guard is McCullum. Transferred from Texas Tech. I yeah. watched him. He's not an NBA guard. It's not to say that he can't play in the NBA, but he's not one of those players that sticks out like he's going to be get drafted. Yeah. 6'6", he, he doesn't do anything great. He's not a great shooter. He can make the shot. One thing here, how he gets his points, the average is probably around 20 points. It's because he, he, with size, he does a great job of getting to the free throw line. But he, he doesn't scare me. I think Houston, we've seen him um, a couple years ago – Houston played Texas Tech. He was on that team when they had McCollum um, in Fort Worth. I think we're going to beat Kansas. That's my expectation. But at home, I mean, at home, on the road, 
for Houston. It's, it's going to be tough. And so how they battle those runs, and if they can come out and not fall behind and play catch-up, I think they have a good chance. Michael Jones says he'll be there in Kansas. Um, Chris, uh, fired him to cut you off with it. What you guys mentioned in terms of lack of depth, the issues when it comes to Kansas, that's the last thing you want to do when you're playing a Houston Cougars team that's going to be physical, and they're not going to go away. Like, look at Texas in this game. For all the energy we talked about that Jamal Shedd had to exert to, to be able to run uh, the offense today against Texas, Longhorns had to do that the entire night going up against Houston's defense. That's something that could potentially play a factor. And like you guys alluded to, if Houston's able to set the tone, get an early lead, weather the runs, and yeah, either be well, ahead or hang one, around. One, one key factor will be how the refs call the game. Yes. If, if the refs Big allow the physical play, because the first, first half tonight, went by quickly because it weren't many fouls called. It kind of slowed down a little bit in the second half, but if the game refs kind of hold their whistle and advantage Cougars. Like I said, Hunter Dickinson might get he might get 25 and 15 and the Cougs still win by 10. Because it's going to be his his teammates are going to be the the, so the supporting cast for KU. If they don't come through, the Cougs have a great chance to win Saturday on the road. I'm curious to see how Dickinson does against Houston defense, specifically when it comes to getting trapped in the post. Interesting to see how he, he does. I think we can agree. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see. one of the if, best ball handlers or playmakers that Houston face um, from such a big man standpoint because they, they played talented bigs in the past. Just think about um, a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament, uh, Kofi Coburn and, and many others. Houston, for the most part, has been able to do a good job. Dickinson, I think we can all agree, in a class of his own. Yes. No disrespect to those guys. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, but I'm curious to, see, curious to see if he'll do more face-ups and not be in the post as much because posting up, the monster trap will come and it'll negate some of what he does. He has a good face-up game as well, so he might get more opportunities facing up and shooting from mid-range would be a way to kind of negate Houston's monster defense yeah i think that's where i'm going to be watching coach self and him having his team prepared and having hunter dickerson prepared for their trap i think he'll use kj adams in different ways whether it be to slash when the trap when j1 or whoever's coming for the double he'll have that player slash most likely be kj adams because it'll be the other big coming to post and that's he's exceptional at doing that you could just throw it up and he'll go get it whether it be in the ducker spot or having him do a high-low catch it from like the free throw line is for the trap. You know that from where the double team is coming, then you can pass it uh, and have um, him and like on a two and three. So I expect Coach Self to have his team prepared in regards to dealing with the trap. I, I think sometimes it will be perfective, but sometimes they'll make some plays. And like Chris saying, he's going to get his in different ways. And he has an all-around game, whether it be the face-up, he can step out and catch and shoot and knock some threes. And so he's a well-rounded offensive player for sure. You know, and Furphy, I'm kind of curious to see who Coach Shuffle put Furphy on because whoever, <laughs> whoever he's guarding, the Cougs need to go at him as often as possible. Yeah, I think he may. I think he may put him on a manual. And 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 that you, probably smart, but then it's only manual to beat him off the dribble mm-hmm. and get fouled, make free throws. Which he shows he can do. Yes, which he yep. showed he can do. So down to your point, like you mentioned, I think the guard spot, the guard position, is definitely where Houston has a big advantage over Kansas. I'm looking at a lot of times. Yet Ti seventy seven ninety one. Um, agrees. He says he thinks Furphy will be a definite X factor for Kansas. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that when it came to the defensive <laughs> yeah, aspect, shoot. but yeah, and he can finish around the rim too. He got good size. He's a good player offensively. Yeah, he's offensively. He and yeah. he's young, so naturally, defense is not going to be the greatest for a young player, a first year player. So I think that is where Kuz can attack him and beat him off the dribble. Ti seventy seven ninety one also had a funny comment. He says daily reminder that you must bring Advil during every game during Big Twelve conference play, especially if it's on the road, um, with how close they have been. 
Russell Islam, Jamal is playing at a higher level. Love the entire Cougs team. Mm, this is an interesting comment from Michael Brown. He says he wasn't able to watch uh, the game. He listened to it on XM radio. Didn't feel like Houston was able to trap Texas's guards at all. He asked if he's wrong. They trapped him some, a but it was bit, different. Not really. Yeah, different guards handle the ball. Yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, he's right about that. They didn't really trap him that much. I think they did. They did a great job of it, extending the ball. So I remember a couple of plays where Max Exmus, where they were tipped and trapped him, and he saw what's coming, and he extended mm-hmm. out the dribble to bring in the defense, widen them out, then beat that. And so I think Houston kind of changed their pick and roll coverage a little bit and just showed and got back versus trapping to get the ball out of his hands. And there were a few times tonight where the Cougs were not on in sync defensively, and you saw them run into each other on screens. They didn't switch or didn't they were late on switches, and Texas got some easy buckets that way. Mm-hmm. Texas got some some backdoor cuts. There are ways to attack Houston's defense, especially if Houston's not on the in sync defensively. But not everybody can do that, <laughs> you know, on a consistent basis. And then if you do it, Coach Sampson will make adjustments to take that stuff away from you. I like this comment right here about KJ Adams. I agree. I, I don't think he knows how good he is. He's a supreme athlete and plays a lot like Jaywan in regards to he can get rebounds, can finish around the rim, left and right hand, an okay free throw shooter. But I think his ceiling is higher than Jaywan's, in my opinion. But he's still scratching the surface in regards to just what he can do. I want to see him against Houston defense, against J1, and how he plays against this tough defense. I think it'll be a good test for him. Because athletically, he's in the class of his own. He, he got yes. NBA athleticism, no yes. question. No yes. question. He can. Be, I think he'll be in the NBA off his athleticism and his ability to run the floor, rebound, and, and do tangible things. But, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how he handles the Houston's physicality and effort. Yeah. And, you know, it's not for everybody. And I'm not saying he's that kind of player, but there are players and there have been opponents when they realize how tough and how physical and how relentless Houston is. Some of those players, they kind of back away. Hey, man, this ain't for me tonight. <laughs> you know, I don't believe KJ is that kind of player, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how he does respond and sees if he gets a chance to let his his athleticism shine with some backdoor cuts, with some putbacks with some dunks, things like that, to get the crowd going at KU. And I'm also be watching how aggressive he is on the on the rebounds. Yes. Because well, if he ain't aggressive going after the rebounds, we know Houston is going to go get it. Yep. And so, yeah, I can't wait. for this. It's going to be a good matchup, especially in the front court for Houston. I, I think – I say, yeah, KU has the advantage there. I would give them the advantage in the front court, but I think Houston has the better guards. And that's going to be an intriguing matchup. Saturday. Yep. They one of the top matchups, not only obviously in the Big 12, but in all of college basketball. And it's going to be a stack triple header for ESPN, salivating at the games that they're going to have on the network on Saturday. But as we begin to wind things down here, once again, I'd like to thank each and every single one of you guys that took the time here on this Monday night. We have um, been strong. That's most viewers consistently we've had ever, I think, in the history of Metro East Cougs. Um, even you know, ever, I don't think we've ever had that amount of viewers. The comments were great on both YouTube. We had a few comments from X. This is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, we'd like to say thank you to Steve Saxonian for being the primary sponsor for not only this episode of Let's Rage Cougs, but for each and every single one. And also, thank you to Star Pizza for being the secondary sponsor to today's episodes. Multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of the locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 19. 19- 76. <clears throat> Big Jack does point out Cougars out rebounded Texas 47 to 36 in today's game. And TI 7791 says the Cougs had two posters against the Longhorns in this matchup. I'll toss it over to you guys. Um, Chris, I'll go to you first. Any final takeaways from the game? And I mean, this is your time to, to plug. Where can people find you as well? I love the Big 12. I love the fact Houston is in the Big 12. 
And the game against Kansas will be the Cougs' third straight game on ESPN. Mm-hmm. The Cougs get that national exposure. That's outstanding. Thank you, as always, to the fans and audience for your contributions to tonight's show. Much appreciation to Andy and Dayon for their insight as well. Follow me on social media at Houston Round Bar View on, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Threads, Spoutable, all those great platforms. And follow us on YouTube, Paul Sema Jamma, and Houston Round Bar View. Subscribe to both channels. Hit that like button for our shows and our content. And we might have some big news to share pertaining to this Saturday's game. So stay tuned. And as always, the Houston Round Bar View since 1994. Local name, global perspective. Yes, sir. Thank you, Chris. Make sure to stay tuned. Like Chris mentioned, kind of teasing that upcoming announcement. Be sure to follow Pod Jamma on x.com. And then obviously, of course, whether you're watching us on the Pod Jamma, formerly known as Twitter um, account, hit the follow button. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you are watching us on the Houston Romp Review YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. My final takeaway is this comment, KI7791. He says, what a journey. It was not long ago. He was sitting at half lines wondering how this team was going to survive. Live is interesting. Come Saturday, they are going to be having the national spotlight with one of the premier blue bloods in college basketball in the Kansas Jayhawks. And it's going to be a show. So we can't wait for Saturday. Like Chris Tees, be on the lookout for an announcement. With that, Dayan, I'll toss it over to you. Appreciate all the support, everyone who tuned in, commented, took the time out of their Monday night after this big win. Appreciate you guys. Of course, as always, pleasure to be alongside Andy and Chris. Looking forward to the matchup against Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. I will be there. Houston will prove that they are one of the perennial programs in the country. And like Chris said, and I didn't even think about it, this would be Houston's third consecutive game on ESPN, not ESPN 45, ESPN, and all those <laughs> other ones. <laughs> ESPN. I love it, man. Big win tonight, as always. Go Cougs.